Hi, this is Dave Summers, and welcome to AMA Edgewise. Chuck Martin has been a leading digital pioneer for more than two decades. He is the CEO of Net Future Institute, which focuses on disruptive business strategies and tactics for the coming hyper-connected world of people, places, and things. He is the host of the worldwide podcast, The Voices of the Internet of Things, with Chuck Martin. He's the editor of AI and IoT Daily at Media Post, and he writes the Daily Connected Thinking column. And Chuck, true confession to everyone listening here, Chuck's a friend. He's a friend of the AMA, and he's done previous programs with us in the past. Chuck, so great to be talking to you again. How are you doing? Oh, great to be here, Dave. Okay, the title of your book is Digital Transformation 3.0, The New Business-to-Computer Connections of the Internet of Things. Okay, 3.0. All right, Chuck, what is this third wave of digital transformation, and how would you differentiate it from the other ones that have preceded it? The first wave is really the Internet, and if anyone remembers this, the Internet was actually a very slow growth kind of thing, and by the Internet, I mean the commercial World Wide Web. And the problem with that, or the delay was, everyone had to get online one person at a time. So a browser didn't come in your system to be able to get onto the net. You had to actually actively get on the Internet. The second wave was the mobile revolution, and I wrote a couple of books about that at the time, too. And what that did is that made everybody essentially portable. So they were disconnected from their desktop, and they had a computer in the palm of their hand so they could be doing things digitally online virtually all the time. The third wave, which we're going through right now, is the Internet of Things, which is a terrible phrase, but that's what it's called. And this is really about the connectivity of things being connected to other things. And that goes all the way from smart homes to smart offices to smart cities, smart states, to smart cars, smart, pretty much smart everything. And that's going to mean billions and billions of connected devices, which will basically change all of consumer behavior. In previous podcast interviews I've been doing, Chuck, I've been speaking to people about the whole concept of the Internet of Things, and there's kind of a short list of the obvious beneficiaries of the Internet of Things, companies that are typically tied to things like product manufacturing or maintenance and stuff like that. Tell me about some of the unlikely or not-so-obvious winners in this new market space. Yeah, good point about the question. There's one thing called industrial IoT, and that's what you're talking about, which is really sort of robotics and the manufacturing and everything. What I'm dealing with with digital transformation is really the interaction between a business and a consumer or a business and a business together. So it's more consumer or business facing. And the winners in this, are, I look at two big categories. One are retailers. Right now, the state of retail is a retailer doesn't really know who comes into their store, so they can't identify a good shopper, a loyal customer, someone who's just coming in for the first time. What the Internet of Things does is it starts to connect all of the channels together so that because of sensors and tracking, and it's not that consumers are going to be barraged with messages as they go into a store, it's going to be that the retailer is going to be capturing much more insight into the behavior of the consumer so they can start to provide more relevant products and services to that consumer. The second major beneficiary is the actual consumer themselves because consumers all of a sudden are going to be in the driver's seat. So the consumer, instead of being aggregated by a company, so these are my loyal customers, I'll treat them better or whatever, it's going to be the consumer actually aggregating the businesses to say, these are businesses that serve me well, so I will select them 
as my loyal businesses, and I will be loyal to them. And that, that changes everything in terms of opt-in, opt-out, all those kinds of things. There's going to be, instead of opting in, there's going to be what I call contract-in in the future. And that's going to be, instead of a consumer opting out for something from a business, the business is going to say, here's what we can offer you, what would you like? Mm-hmm. Then the consumer will say, I want this, this, and this, and I will take that from you on a regular basis, and that is our relationship going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's a total transformation from where we are right now. So I'm curious, in your mind, what's the key to you know, human beings here, in the human species, and, you know, becoming more comfortable with this appears to be a growing symbiotic relationship with artificial intelligence. How can we become more comfortable with it? Well, right now, artificial intelligence or AI to a lot of people is really quite scary. The idea that a computer can call a place and make a reservation and the place doesn't know it's a computer calling, or the idea that a person would call Domino's and they they think they're talking to a person at Domino's and they're actually talking to a computer and you can't really tell the difference, that tends to sometimes freak people out. For example, the research has shown that Consumers are interested in using artificial intelligence for healthcare, so they would let their healthcare provider take information from their wearable device, for example, a fitness tracker, and use that for a program. Many consumers are actually comfortable with surgeons using artificial intelligence to help them during surgery. On the other hand, for banking and retail, consumers are not interested in having artificial intelligence used because they don't want to be tracked, although that's going to be happening whether they want it or not. They're less comfortable, at least at this stage. So what's really going to happen is it's going to take a lot of time. This is the first time in my lifetime, and I've been tracking technology forever, that the technology is being developed much more rapidly than the consumer can handle acceptance and adoption of the technology. So it's kind of like a hockey stick where the technology is the top end of the hockey stick and the consumer behavior is the bottom end of the hockey stick. There's just sort of the part that's going up gradually, but the technology is just going so fast the consumer can't possibly absorb that much that fast. Chuck, what role will government have to play in this Internet of Things rollout, its implementation, any regulation efforts that are associated with it? Well, one of the challenges for government right now is they don't understand enough of the market to be able to regulate it. That being said, the market needs some, essentially some boundaries around it. What's happening now is the market, much of it is self-regulating. For example, when beacons came out, which are radio transmitting devices, which are in thousands of locations, many, many thousands of locations in stores, they transmit a signal to a smartphone. When a person gives in a door, that retailer has the option to blast a message to the consumer saying, here's a deal. We know you're here. Come on in. Here's a deal. And the regulations, what happened was consumers said, we don't really like that. Don't do that to me. And they were deleting the app. So what the market found out was, okay, We will regulate that we're not going to blast consumers like that because they really hate it. What we're going to do is we're going to use that technology to track behavior and then change what we do in some other methods, whether it's it's doing advertising in some other way, some online advertising, or just getting more knowledge about the consumer benefits. So in that case, it was an industry self-regulating based on the market itself. So it's very complex for any regulatory body to regulate something that's going so fast 
they don't know what the regulation should be. So what's going to happen is I see over time the regulators are going to get much more basically attuned to what's going on and set up some general guidelines as opposed to really strict regulations. And those guidelines, everyone will have to live with it. It's already happened in Europe with GDPR. So we've got a lot of regulations saying these are the overarching privacy rules. You will all abide by those rules, period. And that's going to start to happen in the entire industry. Kind of curious, when you afford, in that particular case or similar cases like that, if you afford the person of saying, if the app is active and you're in the store, that's like our indication, it's our permission to sort of interact with you. But if you're not in the app, it's kind of like, no, thank you. Is it sort of rules like that? There are different strokes for different folks. Some consumers actually want information and deals based on their location. Others are adamantly against it. It's very much like the idea of people using EasyPass on toll roads. Some people have EasyPass, some people don't. Mm -hmm. People make their own selection. So in the future, what I see happening is that the market's going to segment where these people say, okay, if you provide me some real value, I will trade you information on me, like my location, for example, but you better keep giving me really good value, otherwise I'm going to turn you off. So in the future, what happens is the consumer is going to have much more control over essentially their privacy, their personal information, and they'll be bargaining with the company saying, okay, I'll give you this piece of information on me, but here's the value I want on the way back. And that's a reverse from the way it is with the business-customer relationship today. How will all companies, just any company, how will they have to evolve to remain competitive in this space? Well, overall, every company has to essentially think digital. And by that, I mean there are many transformers in digital transformation, all the way from artificial intelligence to robotics to virtual reality, augmented reality, I mean, all kinds of technological things. So what they need to do is say, okay, this is my business in the physical world. What would it be if I was doing everything digitally? And then you start to say, okay, how would I act like Amazon to do this? And Amazon is not just about selling things online. It's about customer service. It's about an amazing focus on pleasing a customer. And that has nothing to do with online. It has to do with essentially internal culture. So what companies have to do is say, okay, what will I look like in the digital world? And what that means is my business has to be available to my customers 24 hours a day, every second of the day, based on what that customer wants at that time. And that's a totally different mindset from the physical environment where something is open from these hours to these hours. It's really, it's changing the mindset to say, okay, we're going to be doing business virtually all the time. I'm not even going to be here physically, but the whole activity has to be here. And this affects small businesses, medium businesses, and large businesses as well, because it's, it's not any one business that's going to say, okay, we're, we're the digital business. It's basically every business is going to be doing that. I'm sure you remember that here at the AMA, we consider it kind of our noble cause to be helping out that community of people who have just become a manager, you know, new managers, middle managers, aspiring leaders. What is in this book for a new manager or an aspiring leader? Probably a way for a person to look at that is this is a book about where the puck is going, as Wayne Gretzky would say in hockey. As a new manager, you want to be able to go to where the market is going to be as opposed to chasing it. And what I'm trying to do in this book is show how things are evolving and what the state is. So some of the things in this technological revolution are short-term, some are medium-term, some are long-term. And what we tried to do in the book is basically lay out, here are the things that matter right now. You better get very 
very involved in this aspect. Here's something coming down the road. So here's something you want to look at the things that are most relevant. And what it does for every different business, there are different parts of the digital transformation that will matter to them based on their specific business. So the manager that's just coming in should be saying, okay, where is this going in terms of where I would go? And then become a leader in taking that part of the business to that location. This is cool stuff, Chuck. We've been speaking to Chuck Martin, New York Times bestselling author. His new book is entitled Digital Transformation 3.0, The New Business-to-Consumer Connections of the Internet of Things. Chuck, always great talking to you, and best of luck with the book. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, Dave. Follow American Management Association on Twitter to learn more about upcoming free programs, the latest news, management insights, and special offers. You can follow us at A-M-A-N-E-T. That's A-M-A-N-E-T. Hope to tweet to you real soon. feedback very seriously here at the AMA. If you get a minute, you have some thoughts about this program or additional questions, just send an email to us at podcasts at amanet.org. 